What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Lady Miz, and you are tuned in to From the Ground Up Productions. And today, we are interviewing the legendary MC Shan. So keep it locked. Peace. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the podcast from Doug Ground Up Productions with hosts Lady Miz and Ray. This, 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 this is a universal platform and there is nothing off limits. We talk about it all and we keep it real. This is a no judgment zone. So come, so as, you come as you are. If you are a professional, entertainer, author, comedian, entrepreneur, or just someone who wants to get something off their chest, well, let your voice be heard here on From the Ground Up Productions. Sponsorship and other opportunities are available from the Ground Up Productions. Turning nothing into something. There's only one way to go from here. Here And now, here are your hosts, Lady Miz and Ray. Yeah, yeah, y'all. What's good? It's your girl, Lady Miz. What's poppin', y'all? It's my co-host, Ray. <laughs> Happy Monday. We are back in full effect. You are tuned into From the Ground Up Productions, and it is only one way to go from here. Check it out, guys. I am super excited because today we are interviewing a legend. And without further ado, I want to bring on the one and only MC Shan. Welcome to the show, MC Shan. We are very happy to have you here on From the Ground Up Productions. It is an honor to have you on the show, and we want to thank you for your contribution to hip-hop and the hip-hop culture, all right? So thank you very much for all of that. Thank you very much, because not many interviews that I get on, they got my picture in the back. Yay! Baby, you know what I'm saying? We had to do it right for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> for sure. So listen, let's get into this. Um, first, the first thing that I always like to ask people, especially with the times now, how are you dealing with um, your career and the pandemic? Is it affecting you in any kind of way? I wasn't doing shows before the pandemic. They wouldn't put me down, so it ain't bothering me none. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, because we're going we gonna to definitely get into that. Um, but first, what I want to do is I want to take it back to the beginning. Let's go back to the beginning. 1985, you were signed to MCA Records, and then from there, you went to um, Cold Chilling Records. What was the reason reason for the switch? I went from the, the deal that I had with MCA wasn't actually a deal. I was me doing a favor for May James and they wanted somebody to do the feed the world record and they got me to do it. But then we tried to do something with them and it didn't work out. All right. So you said it was a favor that you was doing. It was a favor that I was doing and then tried to put out the bridge and their promotion team didn't know how to work with hip hop. And so that deal, I just walked away because it wasn't a deal. So all that, you got dropped off. MCA cut the, shut up. 
right? Okay. And we went to Nia Records. You know, I was you know I was referring to a certain person at that point. But then I went to Nia Records with Molly Scratch. Okay. And then from Molly Scratch, I went to uh Bridge Records. We had our own little distribution with a uh, pop And from there, went to Cold Chilling. And then Cold Chilling got picked up for, on Warner Brothers because of how good Down By Law was doing independently that they had to, like, we, we was the first ones to sell out all our independent lives to them, to back to the Asia. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. That's what I'm talking about. So you had a little journey there, I see. Um, now talk to me about, you released in 1987, you released um, what, Down By Law, and that was with Warner Brothers? That was on, on, on Cold Chilling. Oh, so. Independently. Oh, independently. Yes. Okay. And then Warner Brothers came and they seen the numbers that it was doing because I already was hot around the country. I was touring with Roxanne Shantae, one of the biggest people in the world at that time. Absolutely. So I had a buzz around the country without having a record. Oh, my. Oh, okay. 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 We you're, don't even hear it. Yeah, so you're okay I don't with know. It. You can keep going. I, it, it's not okay. A, it's okay, not okay, okay. All right. I'm glad y'all don't care. It's good. That it's I can get up and go pop somebody's ass. You ain't gonna hear that either. Because <laughs> that's how we do. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> so were you you was the first uh hip hop artist on Wonder Brothers? I would believe so. As I'm not gonna say that. We don't know how many California rap guys they had before they picked up that real New York thing. Okay. okay. You know what I'm saying? So I can't say I was the first, but I, I just know that uh, our deal was the, the first independent major distribution. So gotcha. so when you when when they picked you up, you already had your buzz. All they was doing was looking like, hey, let's bring him on because of who you were already or what you was doing. They were, they were looking at it like this rap thing is doing something. We thought it would. So we need a piece of that. Yeah, yeah, they wanted to eat. They shelled out the money and all of that stuff. I mean, things got a lot better for us artists. Mm -hmm. We wasn't selling our music out of the trunk anymore. Okay. You know, it got better, but it also got shakier. Because as an independent, we Ty was able to make the payments the way, you know, but when you work with somebody else and they got, this is the way business goes. Okay. As an artist, you make $19 an album or whatever it was, let's just put it at $10. When you're signed to a major label, you got advances, all of that. You're paying that back at 50 cents per record. When they make 10.99, you make 50 cents. They made 20 million and you're still on recoup. That's the whole rap game. That's the whole yeah, music business crazy. in a nutshell. That, wow. that shit is crazy. And, and we talk about that a lot. You know, because, you know, for me, somebody that grew up listening to hip hop, I always look at it like y'all paid the way, you know what I mean? For artists, for all of us, number one, but y'all should be at the top and, and respect it more than anybody else. Because if it wasn't for y'all, there would be none of this, you know what I'm saying? So I always look at it like how, you know, them people that got over and, and, and basically jerking you records or whatever you want to call it, that, that basically ate off of these artists and took their money is fucked up. Point blank. And that 360 deal shit came along. 
That was even worse than the jam up deals we had. They want one of your firstborn's leg. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. No, hold on. If you have a kid and he makes a Similac company, we want part of that Similac company off your kid. Ain't that some shit? Yeah, everybody want to eat without doing the work. Absolutely. So you think you'd have stayed, if you'd have stayed independent, you'd have did better without them, you'd have ate more without them, or? There's no way to go back and judge that. I can't okay. even speculate on it. That would be a dumb speculation for me. If you okay. get people that answer that question and I don't know what they're going through, I don't like going back and re-tripping and saying what woulda, coulda, shoulda. It is what it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let me let, let's get into this, okay? Um, because we we got a, a a lot to talk about. So the one of the things that I want to ask you in in hip hop, right? Before we had the beef with the Jay Z and the Nas, right? But before that, there was the Juice Crew and Boogie Down Productions, okay? Let's not get that mixed up. It was MC okay. Shin and Boogie Down the juice crew was not trying to smoke with Chris. Oh, they, they were trying to, there was that, there was Chris's friend. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, and look, and Kane told the thing that said, Oh, Ty came to me to squash the beef. Bull crap. Never happened. <laughs> Never happened. <laughs> if anything, if Ty wanted the beef squashed, it was because that little nigga Shan is a nut. We don't need nothing out. Yo, he's a nut. He don't care. It's gonna happen when it's gonna happen. And if he wanted anything pieced out, but it wasn't about us getting in no drama like that. Okay. And that was the difference. To where, to where he would have to ask anybody to piece it out. Me and Chris did shows together, many of them. <laughs> I've been calling his ass out on the internet to do a versus with me for like wow. the past three, four months and shit. But see, his problem is he needs the stage and the fanfare and the yo's and say yes, yes, y'all to conquer <laughs> shame. Okay? Because when it comes down to this lyrical spit, my nigga, if there was no me, tell me would there ever be a Chris? No QB? Tell me would there ever be a diss? Thank God and Miss Parker for the fact that you're here, but thank me for your fucking career, you hear? Okay, okay. Hold on, let me say this without any interruptions. All right. Nigga, see me on verses, nigga. I won't make a new album. I'll let all of my old shit speak for itself. I won't even make no new shit. Black, black, black. black. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, you heard it here? Okay, we got to see what KRS one going to do. I don't know. Man, I've been calling them out for weeks and weeks. Ain't no crowd to fucking dazzle. Are you not seeing what I'm saying? There's no crowd to dazzle. It's like the Mike Tyson fight where there's nobody in the audience, but we loved it, but we couldn't yell, knock his ass out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you because being from the South Bronx, I didn't take it, you know, I wasn't one of the people that took it personal. I loved the beef. It was, to me, it was entertaining. <laughs> All right, it was entertaining to me for a long time. See, but when you humble and you know, I'm very humble. I don't like to say what I did. Da, 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 da. I don't like to say, but see, it's getting to the point where my history is being rubbed and erased and with bullshit. 
You know what I'm saying? So I have to go back and fact check people and let them know that before he ever sounded like he sounded on the South Bronx or whatever that was, he stole my staff. Mm. Okay? Now, if you want to go back and check the fact records before he was KRS-One, he was in a group called, uh, what's that? What's them? What's, I forgot the name of the guy, but they had a success is the word. 1241 was the name of the group and the song was called Success is the word. Now go back and listen to that shit and hear how Chris was rhyming. And then listen, you dropped, dropped off empty, eh? Cut the rap. All that shit is my style. He was the first biter in hip hop, first major biter in hip hop, and want to sit back and say, oh, see, this is the shit people don't want me to tell. They just want Shan to sit back and be quiet and humble as he used to be. Fuck hip hop. I don't got to do shows, nigga. I'm not out to please the public and don't say that about Chris and don't do that. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> we see that loud and clear, brother, okay? 100, you keeping it official and you being yourself. And listen, we, we love that. You know what I mean? We love that. Much respect to all, because we respect everybody who paid the way in, in hip hop, period. You know what I mean? And Let me say one more thing. All right. Just because y'all hear me talking shit, doesn't mean that I don't love Chris. This is part of the rap game. That's just about this is part of the game. If I see him, he gonna be mad because I be talking so much shit. But nigga, you can stop that shit talk by doing the verses with me. Okay. You've been saying you've been crushing me for the past 30 years. Now I'm saying, let's let the lyrics speak for itself. <laughs> no problems with us. Like, well, at least not with me. You know what I'm saying? All I'm saying is, holla at your man. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so listen, let me ask you something. Cause you, we saying about the, the rap beef and there, there ain't no real personal beef. It's just all entertainment and about bars. So tell me what you think about how you compare rap beef back then to rap beef now. Do you think it's a difference? R.I.P. Biggie and Pop. Do you think it's, it's a, a difference? very big difference? Explain, explain why you think so. That's a very big difference because the beefs that they have now leave people's mothers crying and weeping and family members at the funeral. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And now you got to look at this. A lot of them motherfucking little young niggas that's getting popped off are actually worth more to a motherfucker around them dead. Now think about it. If he got beef with somebody, why not get the magazines and pump that beef up? Pump that beef up. Yep. Yes, get that beef pumped up. And the minute little sugar and he, he turn into a pop smoke or this one, they mm. gonna sell a million fucking copies right then and there. And that's the end of that. And maybe they even got life insurance policies on these dead rappers that yeah, their kids huh. don't get shit up. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Cause people need to hear that, especially these young kids that's out here. Because, like you said, the parents are losing their kids, and it. So, some of these guys are fathers too. You know, there are a lot of them fathers. They, they lose their, their their kids is losing dads over uh, something that honestly you want to beef with each other. They could beef with each other, make it what it is. But then it's become more of I want to see who I can kill. Yep. Put your motherfucking hands up, nigga. You scared <laughs> to get punched in the face? A lot of people are, basically. Yeah. 
<laughs> they treat it, look, look, you know how you treat that rap beat? You treat that shit like when you on the block, my nigga. Yo, check this out. We can, let's go to the back, nigga. Let's take it to the back. Ain't nobody got to know about that. Don't call the CO. Don't get all fucked up about it. Let's just go to the back, nigga. And let that be the end of it. Because when you are on lockup for the bullshit you out here doing, that's how it's going to go down for you. So you might as well learn how to knuckle up before you get there, stupid. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think that rap beef is something that automatically comes with the culture of hip hop? No. It comes with, and now it does, because they didn't actually put it to where they're going to give a few a lot and a whole bunch nothing. Now, where the envy come in? Now we got hmm. envy. We are the same people. Yep. Why I got to envy him? Why I can't ask him for help? Yo, help me. Show me how you did that. See, that's where Black people's egos are fucking them. Instead of asking somebody that's successful, how did you do it? You'd rather say, fuck that nigga. Ah, look at him, think he all that. Fuck that, I'm gonna stick that nigga. That's the short dollar. Ask the nigga how to make the long dollar and stop letting your pride get in your goddamn way. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -mm -mm. You definitely dropping jewels for him. I'm telling you, cause listen, people need to hear that shit. They need to hear that for a fact. Damn, okay, you went straight in. I mean, shit, I got my questions and shit lined up, but you ain't, you ain't playing, okay? I never do. No holes barred, I see. I never do. So, listen, but you know, I wanna, I wanna get into some other things, like your album that dropped um, in 88, and that was Born To Be Wild. And then two years later, 1990, you did play it again, and you released that with Marley Marr. And they were saying that that change was the, uh, I guess, the, a mature style of you. Do you agree with that? that? Was, and if I'm going to so tell why? you what that was. That was Warner Brothers trying to motherfucking clean that, that Project Hood rapper nigga up to try and play that Fresh Prince role. I was getting to that. Shit, I guess, let me scroll there. <laughs> that's, that's what that, when you see Play It Again, Shannon, you see me in the tux and all that. Mm -hmm. I also had a ulterior motive. Mm. Are y'all gonna put that out like that? Well, I got a message. Since y'all think rap music ain't shit and it ain't gonna last, let me show you what I could do with some of y'all music. I took some Cab Calloway, made a don't mean a thing, and had bit, yo, they spent more money on that video than they spent movie money on that video, don't mean a thing. You know what I'm saying? But all and, and in turn, they were trying to polish Shan's, you know, my, my person persona to people. So he's more likable. They didn't want the, the weed smoking always with the fucking eyeglasses on because nigga high. They didn't want that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So all they right. tried to polish a nigga up and it just didn't work out. And that was actually the, the beginning of my end. Because when I turned and I, so I I said to the to the man, Benny Medina, I said, yeah, I ain't like the way he moved. I'm a straight dude, my nigga. You, you moving like one of them. You moving like a bundle of sticks. Once I called him a bundle of sticks, it was a rap for Shan. That's why y'all ain't never seen me in the rap music again, because I was black. 
We were gonna ask you that. I was gonna ask you, did Benny Medina black for you, your career? And boy. also, I was gonna ask you, you know, you was you was the first person picked for the Fresh Prince, right? For yes, the I was. Okay, so. But I wasn't playing the booty game. So that's what got me messed up in the whole deal. Mm. Like I said, they blackballed me on that, but you couldn't stop my success because you didn't factor in that Shan does a lot of shit. Shan will build a bus on you if you let him. Mm, 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 mm. That's crazy. So when, when you was going through that, uh, like, how did you react to that? The fact that they wanted to, to, you know, change your appearance and change the way your whole personality for this Fresh Prince, that didn't work out. So do you believe with that situation and that's the reason why they started blackballing you? Of course, Benny Medina was the man. What do you mean? <laughs> so they were trying to get the the good boy image. They were trying to get a good boy image, and they didn't want oh, to. Keep they was me. trying to put me in that little circle that they got. Y'all see oh, when? Okay. Now you getting where I'm coming from, Shaw? Yeah. They was trying to get me into that little booty gang shit they got going on. I'm gonna get involved. Yeah. Like so many of these artists, y'all know the story of the two Corys. Y'all know how they get down in Hollywood. Warner Brothers is a Hollywood motherfucking spot. <laughs> they fly, look, you a kid from the project, they fly you out there and motherfucking, they let you go on motherfucking Hollywood Boulevard, or whatever, you ready to sign. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then comes that knock on your door at three o'clock in the morning that you ain't expected. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> we not having that. Get up up. They got to get out of here with that shit. We ain't trying to hear that, yo. Uh, oh no, no, no. But then they wind up taking you to one of them parties mm. with all of the people wearing masquerade masks. But nigga, I know that's your ugly ass looks, <laughs> nigga. Fucking masks ain't hiding your ass. The fuck out of here, nigga. Oh my gosh. Damn. Yo, this crazy, but you know, we do hear the stories and you know, not everybody knows what's going on really behind the scenes in situations like that. So it's nice that you are, you know. Anybody that wants to learn this can go right on the internet. There's so many videos out there dropping knowledge about this rap game and what goes on behind the scenes, how it gets down. Come on, it should be evidently obvious. The little boy said, I I I gave I gave so-and-so a head job for my deal. Wow. And that's how wild it is. It's like these young boys out here is like, is that the new norm? I don't get it. Uh it looked like it is. Yeah, it might be. I think it is. <laughs> but this is exactly why we cherish and really respect and appreciate people like you in the industry because we know that we're getting that real hip-hop and we're getting authentic an authentic person not somebody made up the beast what somebody want them to be honestly they made up to be you guys they try to get them to be y'all like the legends but thugs and they want to show killers and all of that With a and i'm gonna show you what the difference between that is See, and I really stopped calling myself this a real nigga. I'm not a real nigga. I'm an authentic individual. 
That's what I'm talking about. Yep. I said authentic. <laughs> okay. I already know what that's it the, is. That's what I use. When I when I say that, when I'm on my Instagram, I be like, yo, I'm not a real nigga. Real niggas do fuck shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Real yep. niggas do fuck shit. I'm an authentic individual. I, hey, I'm in my own lane. Y'all can have that. <laughs> Absolutely. So let me ask you something. Right now in hip hop or period, who's your top five dead or alive? I don't listen to that shit. You don't listen to none of it. You ain't got nope. no no nobody you listen now, to. Now as far as top five dead or alive, I would never answer that question either because nobody's gone. My top five don't even matter. Niggas are so old school. My top five, y'all will be like, who the fuck are they? Well, nah, so my top five don't, don't matter. matter. Y'all know, well, see, see what, what y'all would want me to do is follow the norm and say, oh, Jay-Z, Tupac, nah, Biggie, man, nah, nah, fuck nah. that. <laughs> <laughs> fuck no, that, I ain't with that up. shit. And in the end of the day- It don't matter though. No, you know, honestly, I get what he's saying because it may not matter to, honestly, top five is somebody's opinion. It right. no matter what you I say can... is who your top five is, somebody's gonna be, no, that's not it, you know? The, right now. My thing is, in the end of the day, only way we're going to tally up who the greatest were is when this whole shit in this book closes and we can tally up the votes to see who did what, when, what, why, and how. And I guarantee you, Biggie, Pac, my name, none of that shit's going to come up in the end of the day when somebody comes along and changes this rap game so substantially with the words that they spit that our styles and what the fuck we was doing ain't going to mean shit. And so, you're gonna have to wait till the end to find out who was actually the best at this. So I never answer that topic. Well, well, you know, the way I look at it, Shan, is like this. That that we this is why it's about keeping hip hop alive and keeping the legends in the spotlight still too. And when I say that, meaning in, in, in our faces for people to hear and see, because I, I disagree with that. I think it does matter. And when I, when, and when I say that, meaning like, yo, if you say, well, you're not going to know because it's such and such, but that's how you keep them people in everybody's ears so that they, they're not just a memory that disappears. Right. But you mentioning people to me that I ain't scared of none of them. I ain't scared of none of them. I'll battle every one of them, even to this day now. <laughs> so you asking me about people I ain't scared of. Uh, oh, no. I don't want to go against that dude. Buster will give me a big headache. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I can't take it. Yo, he... <laughs> Buster, now, no. Buster be on some shit. Now, if you want to see an authentic individual that took rap music and, and that nigga did, <laughs> now I give Buster a spot all day. Okay. All right. So we got Buster out of you. We got Buster out of you. Top whatever. You know what I'm saying? But that nigga Buster, yo, that nigga's a problem, yo. Definitely yeah, yeah, definitely. Truth. Absolutely. So who are you listening to then? When you nobody. You you gotta be listening. So you telling me you ain't listening to no music at all? Know what I listen to? What? I listen to Imagine Dragon. The song Believe Him. Yeah, that's a yeah. first thing. First time I say all the words inside my head. I'm tired oh, okay, of okay, okay. the way the things are being. Oh, woo. Yeah, I listen to music. 
Absolutely. Okay. All right. So that's what's up. It's, it's good to know because you see a lot of times people think, okay, if it's a rapper that they just listen to the rap all day, but it doesn't mean that. So you listen to different genres of music, which is great. It's good to, for people to know that you, you, you switch it up. Just like me, like, you know, I rap and all that too, but I love all types of music. I might be listening to country music one day because I love music. You understand what I'm saying? And I, I want to hear the art that someone created. Now imagine this. If you was to listen to some of the songs that I've produced for Snow with guitars and rock bands, you'll be like, how did this hip hop, what, you, yo, what's going on? It's because I listen to different music. Okay. You know, and so when it came down to me producing music, I didn't go in as a producer with a rap mind, make a loop, make a loop. No, I wanted musicians to come in and play. I would turn on the beat and I would hire a keyboardist. And I wouldn't tell them what to, I just say play. And I would go back later and have that MIDI data and take out what I want and create a song out of it. Cause I know keys and I know if you're playing in the key of C, Everything that you playing right now is going to match with what the hell is when you start going into them fifths and major thirds and shit is where it's going to fuck it up. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> well, I don't know nothing about that. That part. <laughs> you know more than we do. <laughs> Obviously shit. <laughs> so listen, let's who did talk I piss about off? Who, who, who did I piss off? off? Who did you piss off? Yeah. Cause our TV cut off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I was looking to see why I cut off. <laughs> well, you go ahead and fix that up while I'm still talking. Yeah, I got yeah. my next question. No, no, no. So I was, that was a joke. That was a joke. Oh, exactly. I know I'm a jokester. Stop playing. <laughs> no, but we like to have that in the back. It's all good. He going to fix that. While, we, while he's working on that, let me ask you this. So you had, you, you, you was blackboard somewhat to a certain extent, but you still was coming out with great music. You still was producing. So in uh, t um, 2017, um, you put out bars over bullshit. No matter of fact, before that, was it bars over bullshit first, or was it the QB finest that you was on? Which one came? QB first? finest was first back in the day. That was 2001. Okay, all right. So that QB was QB finest is 2001. Okay. That bars over bullshit is something that I put out in 2017, and that's the album that I. Chris has 27 albums. I'll put that one album against his whole fucking catalog. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Lyrically. <laughs> Lyrically. I mean, I only got four albums. I don't got very much to work with, but I'm willing to go against his 27 album catalog with just what I have. Well, you got 22 joints on that album, Shan. You got, so you got, what? that's like three albums in itself on one whole album. And everybody's not gonna like everybody's not gonna like everything on there because each song stands for itself it has a different feeling it has a different meaning and if you're not in that mode that i was in when i was writing that because i do write songs that people feel when you listen to it emotionally it, it attracts you or it either you know what i'm saying it's not just the my music is not just a dance to Fuck that. I like to say something on my shit. I never was a dancer. Whenever you see me on stage, I was on stage by myself. I got two left feet. So I entertain the crowd <laughs> with just the microphone and this. 
Absolutely, yo. yo. I see, like I said, you you had a lot going on and a lot to say and 22 joints on there. In today's time, where people have a, the short attention span, do you think that somebody could drop 22 joints on the album? Like, what do you think about that? I did it just to continue my legacy. So when people say he got crushed back then, they could go on YouTube and say, uh-uh, 2017. <laughs> That nigga came with some shit. Absolutely, yo. It wasn't about it wasn't about me trying to make the record sales and trying to blow up and all that. It was just me leaving little tidbits of my legacy, like here, put me breadcrumbs. Follow these breadcrumbs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, yo! But let, um, the QB Finders, I, I love that album too. Um, how was it like? What, what was it like? getting back with everybody and working with everybody from Queens. Like, how, how how did that go? You know that album was like 20 years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, but that's still one of my joints, so. It was good. Was all that was was we ain't seen each other in a while. We was over <laughs> here, over here. So all it was was, damn, my nigga, what you been up to? And we having fun at it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, and and you want to know what the real ill thing of it was? What's that? that all of everybody was there. And you know how Queensbridge niggas is knuckleheads. It wasn't no, nothing popped off. <laughs> that's, oh, that's, that's a blessing in it itself. All, okay. all love, all love. So, <laughs> R.I.P. the prodigy. Um, uh, let, me, let, me not, let me not say that. I had, I had to laugh because Imam Thug and Tragedy, <laughs> them two niggas start talking some shit on the bus. I was like, y'all niggas are funny. <laughs> but it wasn't no shit but it was some funny shit and trash said to me yo shit y'all know how it is i'd rather have it and not need it than to need it and not have it mm. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since that day that has been a phrase that i used that i picked up from trash i'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not, not have, have it. it i feel that no. that is a fact <laughs> oh my gosh yo so listen, I was looking at one of your videos where you discussed something very deep and personal. In this video, um, you were talking about somebody, uh, an older man, trying to put his hands on you in a certain type of way. We have a lot of people that do not speak up about certain things. And we have people with- Well, see, I did. Cause a lot of people talk think that is shameful. That. A lot of a lot of people think that is shameful, okay. and if you let your kid think that that's a shameful thing, they'll never tell you. I never told my mama. I just stopped going around that motherfucker because I was old enough to know the difference. And see, that's what gave me that that thing about bundle of sticks. You know what I'm saying, kid dealers? I'm not saying every gay man touches kids. That's not what I'm saying, but. To me, my experience, this was a gay man trying to diddle me. You understand? Right. And it's like, and you know, uh, what's, what's, what's his name? Uh, what's his name from the Bronx? Oh. Poppy, Poppy. I even spoke I to Poppy. Poppy was like, yo, Shan, I got to give you respect for saying that. What respect, nigga? This is my duty. 
No, because you know what I'm you saying? some people won't speak up, especially men who would never want to tell somebody that because they think that somebody's going to look at them like something's wrong with them. And that's not the case. But that's did you set the example for that. So we want to thank you for that because you you might inspire someone to say, yo, this is something that needs to be said. And I don't need right. to be now, I didn't do shit wrong. You have to teach these kids what boundaries are you you got to teach them no oh, no that's not a safe zone you got to do all of that yeah. see i knew what the fuck that was so when this nigga trying to diddle me oh shit i got to go you know what i'm saying but this is what you have to teach your kids not to be see and i teach my kids this my daughters especially don't be scared to come tell daddy because you're scared of what i'm gonna do yes don't you worry about what i'm gonna do you come tell me anything. Mm. Don't, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't be scared to come tell me. Don't worry about what I'm going to do. More than likely, I'm going to call the fucking police and have the motherfucker locked up. Because at my age, 55, five years is a death sentence. So mm. I'm a police calling ass nigga nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Someone please call 911. That's right. <laughs> Call them up, call the boys up. Well, we just gotta be careful then making sure they don't come after us when we do that. And speaking of that, let's talk about these crazy times that we are living in now where our people are getting murdered in the street consistently with no justice. I noticed that you had a song out and you had a video that you released. Time for us to defend ourselves. Talk to me about what you, what made you want to write about that? What were you going through and feeling? My friend had got killed. That whole record is about my friend, Richard Luke. Oh, he, he had asthma. His mother called him, called the police for, you know, he's having an asthma attack. And so what happened was, instead of them giving him ambulatory assistance, they trying to fuck with him. He don't want to be bothered. It's his prerogative not to seek medical assistance. Y'all can't make him do that. And so it turned out to a scuffle where it turned out the next Rich is dead. Al Sharpton came out to Queensbridge for that. But as far as yeah. talking about other people killing us, I'm not jumping on that bandwagon until we start discussing the bullshit that our nephews and fucking nieces are doing in our own fucking community mm. and stand up for that shit. Absolutely. I don't give a fuck. And motherfucking the little Ray Ray nigga that they busting his ass, Oh, he needed his ass bust anyway, because he done did 20 other things that he didn't get caught for, but now they caught your ass and it caught up to you. Bust that little Ray Ray nigga ass, because he just shot my motherfucking cousin last week. He done shot motherfucking her cousin. He done hit a little baby with a straight shot shooting ass, can't shoot the fucking save his life. Fuck them little niggas. Now that goes for my sons too, my nephews. You want to be a savage nigga? Let's line them savages up on the wall. Mm. Get rid of them all at once. And then we can start building us a better future because as long as cancer is in the community, mm. and my nephews, your nephews, your son, the one that you, oh, you know he's selling drugs and you can do it because the nigga giving you money, he's the fucking problem. You're right. That's, I don't disagree with that. that shit. That's, that's the truth. Absolutely there. right. 
You're absolutely right. But in the same, I'm epic. sorry that I got passionate with that. That's how passionate I am with that shit. That's well, don't tell me, don't come tell me about the white fucking Billy Bob. Fuck out of here, nigga. Mm, mm. Oh, the white cop shot him. If you innocent, you innocent. But then lots of times, the outcome of the situation is how you go into it. Now, if you want to go into a situation telling the police straight the fuck out, oh, I know my rights. You the first nigga he going to violate because he knows you don't know your rights because you ain't even standing on the first one. Your right to remain silent, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> So he knows that you the first nigga he could kick your ass, he could whoop your ass, fuck you up in the back of the police car. And what he gonna say is, oh, resisting arrest. I went to put the handcuff on him and he pulled away. All you was doing is trying to get the weed out your front pocket to give it to the motherfucker and they fucked you up. And you trying to comply. Mm. <laughs> so if you comply, if you start teaching your children to comply, if he wants your ID, give him the fucking ID. You ain't got nothing to worry about. If you, you know what I'm saying? If you want to straighten out, get a nigga your ID and get the fuck on. It don't have to be a thing of watch you stop me for a motherfucker. You know why he stopped you. You were speeding, stupid. With weed smoke fucking trailing all the way back to his cop car. Mm. That's why he stopped you, dummy. I don't, I don't disagree with you, Shan, but in, in some aspects, you have people who have complied and still died. Absolutely. Like, um, for instance, Elijah, um, um, oh, I forgot the kid's name. He's a young kid that he was wearing a mask and they, they killed him. He was complying with that. All right. I'm, I'm not saying that in every case. Okay. Right? I'm not saying in every case. That depends on that officer. Now, if an officer walks up to you and has a knife, I always say treat kindness with kindness. Okay, right. if the officer walks up to you, the streets is not the place to argue your fucking case. This is why you niggas get killed. Take the fucking charge, get a lawyer, handle that in court. He's handling it in the street, telling the cop, yo, just let me go. That's not his job to let you go. His job is to lock you up and let the court handle whether you get out or not. Okay. All right. Well, shit, you deep on that one. But, you know, I can understand both sides and I agree. I do believe that sometimes the cops are at fault, but then you do have people that are breaking the law and certain things happen. Um, at the end of the day, um, I still feel that our people do not get the justice that is that they should get when it does come to certain situations when the person is innocent and murdered on the street. So that's what I'm talking about. Um, and I'm going to tell you why they ain't listening to us. So listen good. Okay. I'm going to tell you why they ain't listening to us, because as black people, we are economically fucking inviolable. We don't have shit to trade. Nothing at all. We can't go to the fucking Capitol building and do like them white people did, okay? Because them white people do it differently. When them motherfuckers say, up, oh, riot is over, there's nothing else to see here, go home. What did them motherfuckers do? They walked and went home. Cause they know those people there, they got some shit or some, they got some money somewhere. These are white people. Absolutely. They got some money and they can actually fuck some shit up. But as black people, we have nothing to trade. What are we gonna trade? The Chinese own the motherfucking hair salons, the nail salons, all that shit. What the fuck do we got to trade other than a bunch of mouth? So ain't nobody gonna listen to us and give us justice. 
and 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 not. And wait, and one more thing. And and every time our leaders keep talking about March, 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 <laughs> we've been doing that since the '60s. I'm 55 years old. Haven't yeah. seen a change with this marching shit. Absolutely. Fuck y'all! I ain't marching nowhere. Yo, yeah, I totally I agree. I, I'm so tired we of marching. <laughs> and, and it does have to be some point where action has to take place besides just the talk. Because we'll talk all that. March, but it won't be us coming the Capitol right? building. <laughs> well, first, we got to know how to first organize and get together and be able to be to not fight each other first so that we can do that. The problem is everybody's trying to be the smartest motherfucking Negro in the room and then they start fighting each other and then now we did lost focus on who the real fucking enemy is. So we lose focus on yep. what that goal is because we start getting into it with each other. So I think that we first got to get organized within ourselves because the Jews is organized, the Asians is organized, Arabs, even people that come from Africa itself come over here and more organized. So we have to get more better here. And it has, it, people are saying, I, I was in a group uh, clubhouse the other day. They were like, well, we got to start with the kids. No, we, we got to lead as adults. It's us that got to show them. I feel that we're losing that it takes a village to save these damn kids. Who's setting the example for these children? Now? But honestly, when you look at it right now, it's our kids who are doing more for the movement than the adults are. Cause it's our kids out here to saying, I'm willing to destroy everything if you're willing to kill me where the adults is like, oh, we're gonna march, we're gonna do this peacefully and we're gonna pray for change. And our kids is the one out there saying, fuck that, we not, we're gonna fight. Here's the thing, who's willing to die for this shit? That's the thing. Them white people, they willing to die. No revolution has ever been won without bloodshed, okay? Exactly. Now, let me tell y'all little young folks out here, right? Yeah, when these riots and shit happen and y'all want to burn down your neighborhood, that's exactly what you're doing. You're not hurting that store owner. He has fucking insurance. He wanted to sell that fucking store anyway because he can't stand you niggas stealing his shit any fucking way. All right? So when you burn down his store, all he going to do is get a check for that shit, leave that abandoned building fucked up, and your neighborhood is going to start declining again. Self-declination, if that's even a fucking word. That's some truthy spitting right there. Oh my God. Well, I'm loving this interview. Because when you think about it, right? I'm gonna give an example. When 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 they were doing all the marches in the city, police were protecting all of Manhattan. All the downtown Manhattan was protected. They left all the uh the the, the, the urban areas, urban areas out. out. There was no police in them areas. They were letting them do whatever they wanted, but they were protecting Macy's and all them big stores down in middle of Manhattan. They were put What did I just say two there. minutes ago? We are economically inviable. Ain't shit up there worth saving, my nigga. Fuck all that shit. Let it burn. But, but let me tell you something, Shando. We, as Black people, we spend a lot of money outside of our community and with other people. These people that that have this money, they also depend on the black dollar to survive too. And our people run and spend it all day long and complain that they don't care about our neighborhoods. But see, that's another issue that also need to be fixed. We I'm, I'm gonna talk, talk to you, you right now, but I'm glad you said that shit because I spoke about that shit yesterday. Now, how many black businesses that you went in and you fucking mad you went into it? Because when you go in, you as a black motherfucker, all they give you is attitude like you they friend in the fucking street. 
Who wants to go into their fucking business? They have no business etiquette. Not all black people. Etiquette. Not all black people. When I go to the fucking supermarket and the black kid is fucking, right before I get there, there's a white lady. He's packing her fucking bags. But when it come to me and I get to the counter, he's like, oh, fuck this nigga. I'm going to the next counter with the white lady. You ain't getting a fucking tip either way, but you'll leave me to pack my own shit to go fucking fuck with somebody else. Mm. So you want to talk about black business. Now you go in a black business, motherfucker ain't going to have his shit nice. He going to talk to you like you do. He doing you a favor. Oh, you got to eat, right? Well, uh, that's why you here. Exactly right, yeah. I mean, it's not all business. I'm not going to say it's all business. Fix, you said that. He, fix he said yourself, it. black people. It, it right, is. Though. It is businesses. I went in the feud. It was like, man, I'm walking. I'm going to go somewhere else. I, I've tried to to still support black businesses. Um, I was just talking about this in a, a group on Clubhouse again, and we were talking about that. And I said, maybe there should be some classes that have business etiquettes that teaches business etiquettes. Because most black, I mean, not all, though. We can't say all black people, but some black people, you know, they just trying to come up and get out of the situation that they're in. They already pissed off, fucked up, got PTSD from the situations and that they going through and living through. So they come and they try to create something but all of that baggage is with them. So now so we what? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. give a fuck. No, no, now no, I'm going to no. show you I'm why I don't give a fuck. Hold on. I don't give a fuck for the simple fact, right? Now put me, for instance, I got all that same shit you got going on you talking about, right? But then I got to go do a fucking show. I got a million people looking at me, expecting me to perform up to fucking par. I got all this shit going on around me. You have to learn to turn that shit off and do your fucking job. Fuck what you got going on at home because your girl ain't sucked your dick this morning. Fuck out of here. You stay. And it's simple common sense. You greet somebody with a smile and say, hello. How are you? Can I help you? That shit ain't going to kill you. It's your business, not theirs. They don't have to shout with you. They don't have to fuck with you. And you know, it's right. saying that, saying right. good, welcome to my store, something goes a long way. Then uh, what it the does. fuck do you want? You know, it how does. can I help you, you it know? It really do, it really do. That That is very true. It does, so. it goes a long way. That is true, but shit, I mean, you know, our show is one hour. This is such a good damn conversation. I'm like, shit, <laughs> we got to get me for part two. Yes, we definitely got to get you for a part because I love what you're saying and we love these type of topics because it needs to be said. You know what I mean? But let me just ask these a uh, few questions. Are you working on any new projects at this time? If you don't, uh, if you don't follow my Instagram, you should. It's MC Shan One, yep. right? Mm -hmm. And you will see that I built a party bus since September. And this is and, and see what we're talking about when we talked about black business. Yes. I tried to have my, I, I wanted to spend money to get that bus built. I went to this guy overcharging me. Go to that guy, my own folks now, overcharging me. I got so mad that I said, fuck all y'all. I'm going to build my own bus. Now I put my mouth and put my foot in it. But guess what? You go look on my Instagram, you will see a bus that I built all by myself. You will see a radio yeah. box that I just built. Last Covered it in vinyl and everything, ready to go in that. The bus. sound went down. What happened? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can hear you. It's just lower. I wonder why it's low. Right. low. I hate when somebody calls my phone. I'm glad it's the end of the show because they call my phone. It just messes up.
Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It sounds like you came back up a yeah, little yeah, bit. Go there, go there, go. When it's somebody call it, okay. shuts my volume. Oh, okay. All right, so we, so so tell me how. Well, first, before I get into that, what advice as an artist, as a legend in hip hop, would you give to everyone that's listening? What would you say to the young ones coming up? Learn your business. Know your business. Don't just want to be the artist and want to be the huh, because you 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 are everybody else's meal ticket. Everybody else works for you. You have to know your business so that your manager don't you. Anybody around you don't jerk you. You don't take a lawyer that somebody points you to. You find your own wolf because your own wolf wants to eat with you. He's not eating with them and using you as your, you know what I'm saying? And if you're going to get in this music business, get all the money you can, forget tossing it at the club unless you can write it off and get the fuck out the rap game. Mm. Move right. on to something else. That's what I'm talking You don't see, listen, you don't see any old school cat of my era or before in some mansion because our careers have lavished us with that. Hip hop, you're going to fucking die broke. You're going to mm. get it you're going to get it, and then it's going to be gone. And if you're still thinking like, and you ain't got no other skills, you're going to be fucked up. Mm. You're going to become one of them when you pass, niggas is going to be needing to put out a, what you call that motherfucking thing they do? Uh, a help me, go fund me. Go fund because me. your ass ain't got money to be buried. That's how fucking broke we are as hip-hop artists. So get in and get the fuck out. Flip me in real estate or some other shit. Just get the far away from this shit as you can. I hear you. Yep. Thank you for that advice. Okay. That's a jewel right there. It. Absolutely. And they better listen because if, if they don't end up like uh, broke, then most of them end up in the grave. Um, how can people support what you are doing? You, you said you built that bus by yourself, which is dope. So I want to commend you for that. What you got going on now? Tell people how we can support you. I'm good. I know what, what, what support I get. When, when I do a lot of speaking. Like you see me speaking to y'all now. Yeah. I do a lot of knowledge dropping on my, on my Instagram. I don't do it for the gram. I do it because I like to help people. Now, if you want to support, come listen to a few of the messages that I got. Today, the message might not be for you. But also remember, I'm not a professor grip. So don't expect me to be like this all day, every day. Because tomorrow I'm going to say some fuck shit to make you laugh and say, this nigga's stupid as a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> don't take one of them. You got to be shit. No, I'm a funny person. I like to have fun. I talk about shit that other people won't talk about. And I drop a lot of knowledge to the young men and women out here. Fuck you old niggas. Y'all can kiss my ass. Y'all on the same boat as me. If you ain't make it by now, you going to Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, you is extremely authentic and real. Yeah, yeah, okay? But you know what? Both. <laughs> Once again, tell people your Instagram so they can come and hear your jewels when you drop dropping them there. All right, it's MC Shan with a number one. MC, MC Shan with a number one. That's it. I don't even get verified. Yo, let me tell you something. Instagram don't like the messages that I put out so much. They know I'm me. 
but them motherfuckers won't give me a blue check to save my life. But because you know when what, you have Shane, a blue don't need that blue check, though. I'm going to tell you why. Because when you have a blue check, you come up top of the feeds when it's when you pop something uh, over there. Oh, I got video be at the top of the feeds. They don't want my fucking rhetoric <laughs> at the top of their feet. Because people hate the truth, and yep, you obviously exactly. giving that. That's why. Hate the truth, you giving knowledge, and the knowledge that you're giving is waking these brains up and waking these youth, the youth up, and they want to keep them sleep. So, of course, that ain't going to happen. Let's keep the ones up there that's going to keep them fucked up. That's basically what that is. But exactly. listen. Keep look, keep them doing the jiggaboo dance. <laughs> keep them we don't need them to learn nothing. We want them to jiggaboo like a motherfucker. <laughs> Sucking and driving. Let them suck and drive. That's Absolutely. it. Well, yo, MC said it was a pleasure to yes, have you on the show. You don't even understand. This was a blessing. We love I don't give a fuck about the cursor. That's all I'm cursing yeah, yeah, yeah. now. <laughs> I like that you keep it 100. <laughs> <laughs> for real but is Appreciate there any you. final words we got to definitely have a part two with you because i see you got a lot to say and i love the content that you that you're bringing is there any final words that you want to give or say to the people before we get up and here's what i say each and every post that i make one time your mom you stole with your man shizzle but i ain't got a whistle right now because i left it in the other room ain't nothing standing between you and success but air and opportunity let's go get it all right, and you heard it here. This is From the Ground Up Productions. Your girl, Lady Miz, my co-host, Ray, and the legendary MC Shan. We'll see y'all on the next episode. To the name of the place. The to go from here.